It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast with your host, Sandra DeBose. This week, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be a great episode. However, this one is going to be a little bit more sober. We're going to talk about the things we need to know. This week, we are adulting for sure, talking about things that we don't normally always like to talk about. But my God, do we need to discuss it. So I invite you, come to the table, bring your pad and bring your pen and get ready to take some notes because we need to have a serious conversation. You know, in 2020, we are all still uh, shaking our heads in disbelief, right? Uh, About this pandemic, uh, about COVID, thinking about all the people that we lost Uh, the jobs and and so much grief that we're still dealing with. But one of the things that really struck me about the experience when we think about the over 500,000 people that lost their lives and the families now that are dealing with the grief of that loss. And not only that, dealing with the financial challenges that comes along with unexpectedly losing someone. And we lost older people, we lost young people, And what we can say about the whole thing is that they are gone too soon. We did not see that coming. And especially, I know for a lot of families, they did not financially see that coming. That was not part of the plan. And I know for sure that there are a lot of people that really were not prepared. And as a result, they're suffering in their finances. And so what we want to do with every aspect of the pandemic experience, now that we are moving from that into a new normal, air quotes, we wanna be able to reflect and ask ourselves the question, what did I learn? And not only that, we wanna be able to say, what do I need to do differently? So if God forbid anything like this ever happened again, I won't be caught out there in this kind of situation. So. With that being said, I decided to invite today to the Urban Parlay podcast. She's actually one of my very best friends. We've been friends for over 20 years. So she's someone that I personally trust. She is someone that I know her integrity and I know her level of intelligence. And she's someone that I do business with myself. So I asked her if she would come and share her expertise with us. I'm going to let her go through her whole list of everything that she does, but she is the founding partner of KPL Financial Group. And today we're going to be talking about life insurance because the one thing that we have learned and we know for sure that GoFundMe is not an insurance plan, okay? We want to be prepared. And that's part of our responsibility as adults to be able to not just take care of our family while we're living, but also, God forbid, something happens to us. We got to have a plan in place so that they will also be taken care of. We're going to talk about that today. So before I bring her on, because this is a business conversation, I got to handle a little bit of business. This is the disclaimer. Bear with me. 
Uh, securities offered through Sigma Financial Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC, fee-based investment advisory services offered through Sigma Planning Corporation, a registered investment advisor, 475 White Plains Road, Suite 28, Eastchester, New York, 10709-914-222-9696. KPL Financial Group is independent of Sigma Financial Corporation and SPC. So now that I got that disclaimer out of the way, I want to introduce to you, like I said, this woman is dope. Okay. She is amazing. And even though we're talking business, I, like I said, she's one of my best friends. So we just going, you know, be ourselves if you don't mind and just kind of come to the table and share. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, bringing to the stage, Deanne Pritchard. Welcome, 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 Deanne. Hello, hello, Sam. How are you, my dear? <laughs> Girl, I'm so much better that you're here because I know you got my back. You always going to make sure that I take care of my business and that it is taken care of well. So yes, ma'am. Yeah. So thank you for being here to help me do the same thing for the Urban Parlay podcast family. Um, yes. We are family indeed. So we're going to tell them what they need to know so that we can all get our business intact, right? That's right. Okay. So if you will, um, we're going to focus a lot of our conversation today specifically on life insurance. And you're going to tell us uh, what we absolutely need to know. Some of this we may know and some stuff, you're going to give us some insight that you found that some people don't know. So you're going to give us the information that's very, very imperative. And so the, for those of you who have no life insurance, by the time we finish this podcast, we are going to hook you up with the information that you need to know that you can implement as soon as you finish listening. Deanne, would you tell us a little bit about your practice and tell us about the services that you offer before we get into it? Absolutely. So I am a financial advisor. I am a chartered retirement planning counselor. I'm a investment advisor representative. I have my Series 7 investment license, my life and health insurance license. I've been in practice for uh, 16 years, over 16 years, and have over 33 years in the financial industry overall. As a part of my practice, I seek to try to provide families with the guidance that they need to meet their financial objectives. Um, we provide insurance guidance on retirement planning, financial planning, investments, things along that nature to help prepare people for various events in their life so that they can retire comfortably and make sure that they have certain things prepared for life's unexpected circumstances. Let's get right into the life insurance because like I just joked and said, you know, GoFundMe is not a life insurance plan. And, you know, I don't mean that disrespectfully at all, because I know that at the end of the day, for a lot of people, when we're caught off guard and someone passes away and you realize that they did not have their business taken care of, and then the family is left scrambling, trying to come up with some money, unfortunately, we have to do what we have to do. Yes. But the whole point is that we want to make sure 
that we are setting ourselves up for success. And sometimes, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, Deanne, that, you know, life insurance is just so expensive. Uh, you know, I can't afford life insurance. You know, many of us yes. are living paycheck to paycheck. So it's just like, hey, you know, and then some people think, well, I'll be dead. It ain't going to be my, <laughs> I ain't got to worry about it. There's somebody else worry about that. You know, Yes. there's a lot of different mindsets as it relates to uh, setting up life insurance. And I think some people are scared to talk about it, right? right. You Absolutely. know, they, because they feel like it's an omen. If I start talking about it, it might just happen. You know, I hear that a go. lot. Here we go. <laughs> right. I don't want right. to talk about death because God forbid now, now I'm, I'm looking, I might die now, you know, so <laughs> you get started. Let's talk about life insurance. And, and if you will share with us some of the things that you hear most often from a lot of your clientele. So um, I, I definitely, and, and funny you should mention what you just mentioned, a lot of people feel very strongly that they don't want to talk about life insurance because if they talk about it, then they'll die. Right. <laughs> and studies have shown <laughs> that whether you talk about it or not, <laughs> right, <laughs> one day, one, right? one of these old mornings, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So the difference is if we don't talk about it, yeah. the disarray and the discomfort and the stress and the debt that we could bring to our loved ones, yeah. um, that's avoidable. Right. That's the importance of addressing it. Not talking about it only makes it that much worse. So now your family is dealing with the loss and all of the other financial disarray that comes from not addressing it. Absolutely. Right. So what I was hoping um, that we could do is maybe talk about some of the things that folks need to know about life insurance. Please do get it started. Okay. So there are different types of life insurance. It's important to understand what type of life insurance that you have. There is temporary insurance and there's permanent insurance. So temporary insurance is usually term insurance. It could be a 10 year policy, a 20 year policy or a 30 year policy. Um, it's important to understand that once that term is over, quite often you don't have life insurance anymore mm -hmm. or the premiums can start to increase annually based on the cost of insurance due to your age. Right. So it's important to understand that part um, as far as uh, term insurance. Some policies may be convertible, that's another matter. There are permanent insurance policies as well, typically whole life, which people hear about a lot, that may build cash value, and there's universal life insurance, different types of universal life. Mm -hmm. For folks who are mostly concerned about the least costly permanent insurance they can get, guaranteed universal life is the way to go because they want to make sure the policy is enforced whenever that time comes, even if they're 105 years old. Right. Right. So different types, term and permanent life insurance. Another thing that's important to understand is that there are key factors that affect your premium rate. I have people that might ask, well, you know, my friend is paying X amount of dollars. Why am I paying so much more? Mm -hmm. um, it could be something like a weight difference. Mm -hmm. If your friend is 5'5 uh, five, five and weighs 120 pounds mm -hmm. and you're 5'2 and weigh 200 pounds, right. not that they're judging on your size, but they have concerns about the weight and what that might mean for your health. So you're going to pay more. It doesn't mean that you're less healthy, but there are risk factors and concerns that they're thinking about. 
Right. Okay. Age is a factor. Yeah. The older you are, the more it costs. Right. Right. So for example, if you get a policy for a minor age child, it will cost significantly less than if you get it for yourself as an adult. Right. So because age is a factor, it's important to understand that insurance is never any cheaper than it will be today because the older you are, the more you're going to pay, even if you're healthy. I love that you said that. Let me ask you a few questions because sure. you used a couple of terms. I'm not sure if uh, everybody even knows what that means. So okay. one of the things you said, term policy is convertible. Uh, what does that mean? I get a convertible, like what? <laughs> what do you mean? It's convertible, yes. convertible to what? <laughs> That's a great question. Okay. So some term policies are convertible to permanent policies it will cost more if you do that. And so here's the thing, some policies that are term, they are not convertible at all, depending on the company. Some companies only sell term insurance. Mm. So if you bought a policy from them, you cannot convert it into a permanent whole life or universal life policy, right? Right. So the helpful thing about that is if it's convertible, let's say your health changes for some reason and now you're uninsurable, but you have a convertible term policy you may be able to get an equal amount of the face amount. So let's say you had a $100,000 term policy, Mm -hmm. but something happened to you health-wise, you are no longer insurable. Mm -hmm. If you still have that term policy in force, you can get a permanent policy for up to that $100,000. It will cost more because permanent always costs more than term, but you will still be insurable for that amount. And you will be able to get a policy as opposed to somebody who is dealing with a company who does not have permanent life insurance as an option. Okay. So here's a question. So say, for example, for the listener who might say, I don't have a lot of money. I want to get some life insurance for my family, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a lot of money to be kicking out each month. You know, what if I wanted to do um, a term policy for maybe just like 20 years? Because ideally 20 years, I project my finances will be in a whole lot of better position than, mm-hmm. than it is now. Maybe at that time I can afford more. You know, right. what if I wanted to start off with a term policy for just, you know, it's 20 years. Maybe it's depending on my circumstances, maybe $50, $60 a month. You know, who knows? There's so many variables as we talked about that goes into that. You know, what are your thoughts about just starting off with a term policy? Absolutely. I would suggest that. So what I would suggest is if you, if they start off with a term policy, let's say a 20 or 30 year term policy, mm-hmm. they get the amount that they can afford. And when they're able to make sure when they get that term policy, that it's with a company that they can convert it to something permanent down the road if they choose to, and they have that option. Yeah. So definitely start off with, you know, sometimes somebody might decide, you know what, I need a 30 year term. I have a new mortgage. It's a young family. Mm-hmm. My home is worth half a million dollars. And I want to make sure that if the, my spouse or I pass away, we're both working, that the surviving spouse can stay in this home and pay this mortgage right. and not have to uproot the children out of the home. Right. So you each get a term policy for the same amount to cover you over the term of your mortgage, which can be 30 years, oh, right? Nice. And right. So, and you make sure it's with a company that's convertible because in that time, at least, you know, you are covered for those 30 years for that amount of that policy. So absolutely start with term and make sure it's with a company that you can convert. And it's absolutely better to have something than nothing. Okay. So check it out. So I know that there is a 
insurance policy that allows you to build cash value, mm-hmm. right? So that's the whole life. So, but what do you mean by that cash value? So I get to borrow from my policy or like what, how does that work cash value and why is, should I be focusing on that? Well, I would say for the person who is concerned about the cost of the life insurance and they may not have as much disposable income, I would not suggest that for them. Okay. I would suggest whole life is really good for people who can afford to get it because it is really the most costly type of life insurance you can get because it has the uh, cash value is called a living benefit Mm. because it can benefit the insured while they're still here and they can borrow down the road. And then there's, of course, the death benefit with which life insurance will always have, which is if God forbid the person is no longer with us, then that's money that's available for those beneficiaries to help those loved ones. Right. Yeah. The cash value. I really want to emphasize it's not available immediately. I've had people start a whole life policy. Mm-hmm. They paid one month of premium <laughs> and then they call and want to know if they can get a five thousand. Alone. You, you mean I can't? <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> right. So just like anything else, it's over time. So quite often you'll see um, over the long term, maybe by year 20, you might have a decent amount of cash value based on the face amount and the monthly premium that you're paying that you may be able to do something. Some whole life policies may even around the 20 year mark or a little later, depending, uh, may even be able to help reduce and help pay for the premium because some of them would have a dividend that is paid that may be used to reduce what you're paying on the premium. Wow. So there's a lot of um, features. So just like a car, if you have a lot more features, right, Mm -hmm. that's always a good thing, right? So whole life gives you more options, which is also why it's the most costly type of life insurance as well. Okay, so check it out. I don't need no life insurance because my job gives me life insurance. So why I need <laughs> why I need your life insurance? I'm good with my job. What's the difference? <laughs> Interestingly enough, <laughs> though many people will have it with their employer, and it's usually group term. That's some sort of a multiple of their salary. Mm. Quite often, these policies are not portable. Meaning, if you got laid off, if you left the job for another job. Um, if you got uh, downsized for any reason, you now will most likely have no life insurance. Oh, wow. Right. So um, I know uh, in one particular profession, um, that's a great profession. But when these folks retire, they don't realize until they're retiring. OK, now you don't have life insurance and you're 65 years old. Mm. You're older, which means it's it, uh, the life insurance will cost more when you go looking for life insurance on your own. Right. There are concerns. So it's really important to have your own policy, even if you have it with your employer, because, again, I know someone, for example, that they got sick. They initially stayed away from the job for a short period of time. It turned out that what was wrong with them was going to keep them away for a longer period of time. Eventually, they got let go from the job. Now, when they need it the most, they do not have life insurance. They ultimately passed Mm. and um, their child and their family had no funds uh, to help replace the income that was lost due to this person passing away. Right. So can you talk about, for m- most of my listeners, you know, we may be like in our forties or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so we're dealing with the reality of the mortality of our parents. Yes. And we're looking at mom and daddy them. They're getting older. You know, they're dealing with all of these health challenges. And we have to like have these hard conversations with our parents like, uh, mom, so well, do you have a, 
uh, life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times older generations, they certainly don't like to talk about stuff like that because, it, you know, not. they're very secretive about it or whatever. <laughs> they don't want to tell us what's in their purse. Um, and then there's health issues. So what happens? How would you suggest we kind of go about managing that with with our parents when it comes to, you know, having those conversations? And then what if we find out that mama doesn't have a health insurance plan and now she got diabetes, she got hypertension, you know, how do we get a policy for her? I mean, isn't that going to be expensive? Is she even insurable anymore? What are we supposed to do now that we have to really like be grownups and do this thing that we never thought we'd have to do? Well, it it will be a difficult conversation for a lot of us, but it's important to ask your parents to, uh, if they have life insurance, and not just if they have it, maybe if they can pull out the policy for you to take a look. I've had, right? Nope. (laughs) Mama is not going to tell you how much is on that policy. You just better wait to afterwards and hopefully you your name might be on it if it's a couple of dollars in there for you okay (laughs) here's the concern though (laughs) unfortunately I've had people who felt they had life insurance but what they really had was accidental insurance what what is that accidental insurance there will be a payout but only in the event of an accident hmm So I had somebody once that told me that she had uh, a very large uh, face amount on life insurance, but she said she was paying like five or $10 a month. Hmm. Right. And I'm like, that I looked at it. That's not life insurance. It's an accidental policy. So the only way it pays out is if she passes away and it's an accident. And there are some, some very specific things that have to happen for her to get, uh, for, for the family to get paid out on that policy. Plus, quite often with accidental policies, they end at around a certain age. So if you live beyond that age, there's nothing for anyone to get. That is not life insurance. True life insurance pays out upon the passing of the insured, regardless of how they passed away. If they were sick, if it was an accident, whatever the circumstance, that's the guarantee. And a very important thing that people need to understand with life insurance that they don't realize a lot of times Typically, the funds and the uh, proceeds from life insurance, they're quite often tax-free. Okay. That's very, very powerful. If someone has a $500,000 policy, it provides a $500,000 death benefit, and quite often the proceeds are tax-free. That is powerful. I don't have to give none of it to Uncle Sam. All that money goes in my pocket. Most of the time, that is exactly the case. Yes. That's awesome sauce. Yes. I love that. So, okay. So what do I do? Mama thought she had this policy. Now she got this accidental situation that some bootleg company sold to her years ago. Now we really look at it and find out we ain't got nothing at all. And she's got all these ailments. What are my options to help my mom and to get her insurance if she's uninsurable? What am I supposed to do? So let's start from the the standpoint of some of the common things that affect us in our community, which may be the high blood pressure and the diabetes. Yes. Um, It's important to understand that even if you have high blood pressure, you may still be insurable. Mm -hmm. Even if you have diabetes, you may still be insurable, particularly if your medication um, that you're taking is oral as opposed to insulin. Wow. Um, So some things that we may think make us uninsurable may not. And some things that we think may not be a problem, maybe. Here's the thing. 
yeah. if they're still insurable, they can go through the underwriting process with a company. And if they're insurable, they can get life insurance. If they're insurable, it's cheaper to go about it that way. Mm-hmm. However, if there's something going on with them medically that would make them uh, uh, considered uninsurable by insurance standards, mm-hmm. there's something that they may be able to access called guaranteed issue life insurance. Okay. Guaranteed issue life insurance will be available regardless of what medication you're on, regardless right. of what medical condition you have. It is available to you. It will cost a little more per thousand. Mm-hmm but you will have access to this regardless of what your medical condition is with the face amount of up to Mm $25,000, right? The thing about the guaranteed issue policies though, which makes them a little different is that for the first two or three years, depending on the company, Mm -hmm. if the insured passed away, what the family would get would be the premiums that they paid monthly Mm -hmm. plus 10% interest. Okay. You're not going to get 10% interest if that money was sitting in the bank. So think of it as a glorified savings account, if you will, for the first two or three years, depending on the company. Okay. However, upon that second or third anniversary, it's the full face amount of the $20,000 or the $25,000 amount. So that person will now be insured and that it can be addressed without the family having to go through distress. Right. That's fantastic. And I know that's that's helpful for a lot of families. You know, one of the things I see on TV, we see these commercials with senior citizens talking about these policies that are just for burial or cremation. Yes. Can you talk about the difference with those policies that at least, you know, hey, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't need mom and leave an inheritance to me. I just right. want to make sure that when that time comes and they pass away, that we don't have to be scrambling through the family to kind of to try to come up with money. I'm able to manage the burial or whatever the decision has been made. Right. Talk about those kind of policies. Ultimately, it's all life insurance and it's just being positioned for final expense, right? So you're not trying to leave an inheritance. You just want to make sure that what needs to be done can be taken care of. However, what I do really want people to be mindful of is that there are some life policies Mm -hmm. that the face amount may decrease after a certain age. I've seen somewhere, let's say maybe at age 70, if it was a $50,000 policy, Mm -hmm. now at age 70, the face amount is no longer 50,000. Now it's maybe 30,000 or 25,000. Wow. The premium, however, is not going down. Wow. Right? So be careful of that. Be careful of policies where the face amount, you want to make sure is the face amount, if I live to be 100 years old, will the face amount still be this amount, $50,000 that I started off with, right? Yeah. Another thing that I really want people to be mindful of is the fact that some policies, if the face amount stays the same, sometimes the premium starts going up at different intervals. Oh, wow. Right. So really important. Okay. If I live to be 90 years old and I'm paying $40 a month, will it still be $40 a month? It's important to ask those questions because the time to find out is not when you're over 80, right? Not, not insurable with most companies because you're, you're too old for a lot of these companies to consider insuring you. Right. And now you don't have an option and this policy premium is going up. And at some point it may become unaffordable for you. So two things, be mindful of policies where the face amount may go down as you get older mm-hmm. or, the, or the premium may increase while you're not getting any more for it. Right. So those are the things that, 
you know, you, there's so many different companies out here. You know, this is something you definitely want to deal with a reputable company, Absolutely. you know, it, it, what's cheaper is not always going to be better because in the end you could be getting screwed and make sure that you're asking the right questions. And a lot of times, you know, this is, unless this is the kind of work that you do, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> right? Right. How, how am I supposed <laughs> to know that they would play me like that? And the face amount would go down as opposed to, you know, staying the same. That's crazy right. to me. So here's a question too. Unfortunately, like we talked about earlier, you know, there are young people that were passing away. Yeah. So I know, especially as a parent, sometimes it's scary to think, oh, you know, you just assume, oh, my child is so young. I don't need it. I don't need life insurance for my two-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So at what point do we need to get life insurance for our children and why? Can you talk about that? Absolutely. I know it's a very difficult thing for parents to think about. Um, It's hard for them to think of it for themselves. So it's really difficult to think about it for their children. Right. But I think it's as, as early as you're able to, it's not a bad idea because the upside is if let's say you got it for them when they were 10 years old and you got, let's say a $50,000 policy, the premium is going to be very low because the younger you are, the cheaper life insurance is. It could be like 10 bucks or so, right? It could be something. 10 or $15, you yeah. know, depending, right? Yeah, right. But the good thing is, don't think about you losing your child. Think about the fact that when they're 60 years old, they still have this life insurance policy that they're paying this low premium mm-hmm. of, you know, like 15 bucks a month right. as when they were 10. So that's the great thing. And I like to say, think about it as this is something that maybe they can lead to their children or grandchildren when they're a ripe old age. Don't think about losing them early, but it's something they'll have for the rest of their lives and it can do what it needs to do. I like that. I love I love the shift on that because I mean, all insurance, whether it's car insurance, any kind of insurance, it's always just in case you want to be prepared. You want to make sure there's a plan. And I know that you deal with so many different clients. Can you tell us about maybe some of the client cases, of course, without just, you know, disclosing anybody's name mm-hmm. of some of maybe there's some horror stories that people are really going through. You know, one of the things that we see in families is that when the mom or father, you know, someone passes away, if there is money, like life insurance policies are tricky too, because when yes. people think, listen, when they think mom and them got a few dollars, <laughs> right? then it can break up a family. People will be fighting over money. Oh, yes. Um, And then even perceived ideas. They think mama and them got money. Mama might've left you something. And now I'm not talking to you because she liked you better. You know, you got a couple of more dollars more than I did. I mean, this thing gets serious. People get so emotionally involved. You know, it's like, you know, the truth is, you know, you wasn't the one taking care of mama when she was sick, but you the first one with your hand out thinking you're supposed (laughs) to get, you know what I'm saying? I mean, can can we talk about the real deal holy field of what happens to families, especially when there's money involved or there's not? Can you talk about some of the things that you've seen in your practice? Um, I'll start by talking about how people are preparing and, and uh, how that can look. I have one gentleman um, that he realized that his wife was pregnant. Okay. And he decided, he called me and he got a $2 million life insurance policy mm. because he knew that no matter what happens, if God forbid something happened to him, he knew that that money would be able to help 
with his child, even if God forbid something happened that he was not around anymore to provide the way that I know that he would. Come on now, now that's the kind of baby daddy I need. I mean, where, <laughs> where he at? <laughs> exactly. That's my baby daddy. Okay. I mean, what, what did I do wrong? I don't, what, what in the world? <laughs> but that's, that's very powerful. Yes. You know, on the flip side, I have those clients that they feel if you talk about life insurance at all, they're like, when I die, that's their problem. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. Not my problem. <laughs> but I've seen the the horror story where there was a, a, a young woman that I know. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, her father had passed away. Yeah. She was not in a good position financially at that time. Okay. Her siblings were not in a good position financially at that time. Right. It took them two to three months <gasps> of asking on social media. Really? Of asking at church wow. and trying to collect and gather money just to be able to afford cremation. My God. Two to three months. That's so painful. Right? So you're already grieving this loss. You're already hurting from the devastation of this loss. Mm -hmm. And now you have your family out here, hat in hand, mm. begging for money because you didn't want to pay 20 or 30 or 40 dollars a month which I, so you can do the 20 30 or 40 how hard is it for them to get thousands in a short period of time to take care of final expenses wow wow speaking of spinal expenses one of the things that we're seeing more so of these days are people electing to be cremated can you talk about that you know because not for nothing i'm putting it out in the atmosphere right now when I go, I'm going to need a whole funeral, okay? I'm going to need me. <laughs> I need all the dramatics, okay? Because Deanne specifically, she going to lay out and cry. And I need I need the slow singing and the flower bringing. I need all, I need everything because I'm going to yes, be there. I'm going to be there watching it. I need, I need all of that, okay? So don't, don't cremate me, okay? <laughs> I need you to come visit my grave and bring me flowers every year. I, that's just me. I'm kind of old school. I need that drama. But no, realistically, though, a lot of people are like, I'm gone. You know, like, it's not yes. that serious. I don't want to be in the ground. I want to just, you know, create yes. me ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Yes. And, and honestly, thinking about it financially, you know, economically, it's a, a better decision in terms of it doesn't cost as much money for the family. So can you talk about some of the things that you're seeing in, in that whole thing? Um, well, one of my clients actually is um, owns a funeral parlor mm -hmm. and we're seeing more and more people um, looking to cremation over burial because of just the cost in New York, for example, it can cost 20, $25,000 for what digging fees, the, the plot, for the funeral that you know if oh all of the costs if you had a burial if you had a burial okay got you correct okay cremation though is also starting to get more expensive as well because it's it's becoming more prevalent really what's the difference in price what are the savings as if as it relates to burial as opposed to cremation it really varies um, state to state based on cost of living and certain other factors. Mm -hmm. But let's say we could ballpark in New York, um, rough estimate, roughly about $20,000 for burial ballpark. Mm -hmm. And uh, for cremation, 
we're talking anywhere from maybe four to six, depending on where you go. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a big difference. Yes. That is a big difference in price. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. You know, I also suggest for people to, even if you're thinking of whether cremation or burial, don't just think about today's cost factor in inflation. So if you are a person who it, it is possible for you to live another 30, 40 years, be mindful that what is, is enough in today's economy may not be enough 30, 40 years from now. Hmm. Right. So if you're getting your 10 year old life insurance, don't get 25,000, get 50,000. Because with a prior employer that I worked with, I would see policies for a thousand dollars. What are you doing with a thousand dollar policy? Right. $500 life insurance policy. What are you going to do with a $500 policy? But at that time, because they're older policies, they were relevant. So I do implore everybody. I do ask that everybody please factor in the possible longevity and what it may cost down the road, not just what it costs today. That's smart. I like that. Can you talk a little bit about um, paperwork, right? So, you know, there's a difference between, you know, yes, I have a life insurance policy. However, I don't have a will. Okay. So, you know, we've got the funeral, we got the policy, whoever's the beneficiary for that. But then what about the rest of, you know, what about my car? What about my house? You know, all that kind of stuff. How important is it for us to be able to have that paperwork in place, to have a will so that people won't be tearing each other's eyes out and hate each other because I got the house, you, you know, mama left the house to me and you want me to sell it and split the profit five ways. And no, she left it to me. You know, I mean, it gets really cray cray, seriously. So how do we avoid that? Well, a part of my practice as a financial advisor is to counsel people about preparing for for future events, right? So legal paperwork, there are many different things that people may want to do. But at the minimum, I suggest people start out with having a will. Um, A will is very important. Um, Even if, you know, a lot of times we feel like a will is only for people that have a lot in assets and a lot financially. Mm -hmm. But even one of the things that may be addressed in your will, if you have minor age children, is who you want to care for your minor age children. Mm-hmm. It's better you make that decision than have the state or some other entity make a decision for you and have someone that maybe you don't share a value system with raising your children in a way that you may not be comfortable with. Right. So make that decision. The will will also address your actual assets, your, your car, your jewelry, your right. home, um, any assets that you have of value. So that's the will. The first thing is to make sure the will, which it will address your your assets, your children, you know, as far as guardianship, et cetera. Then another thing is your living will. The difference with the living will, the living will is addressing things like, um, do you want to be resuscitated Mm. in the event of a medical uh, crisis? You're in the hospital. Do you want to be resuscitated? Do you want to receive a blood transfusion? Yeah. Do you want to be on life support? Right right? It empowers you and it can avoid a lot of infighting with the family like we were talking about earlier oh, for yeah. this subject, because some people may feel like, you know what, this it's been weeks like this. Mm. Maybe we should let him or her go. Yes. And then there's another faction that's like, no, what if, what if they might wake up? Right. If you document it and make it clear, these are your wishes. There's nothing to argue with. This is what you want. And it's been documented. Period. Right. Right. 
Now, a document that sometimes goes together with the living will is the healthcare proxy. Okay. The healthcare proxy. So you're naming the people that you want to be able to have a say if something has to be addressed. So you may have somebody who may be, um, let's say you want your sibling or your spouse to be the person that will have input on certain decisions if you're not capable of speaking or making those decisions for yourself, whether you're not conscious or whatever the case is. Right. 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 So very important to have that address who those people will be that will be enforcing and carrying out your wishes as far as that uh, living will goes. At what age do you kind of say, hey, I'm 25 today. Let me get all of my my will and all of these documents in place. Like you just never know. Like, when do I start? I think um, when you have children. Okay. When you buy your home, your first home. Okay. You have a, a six-figure asset, uh, right? right. Uh, at least six figures, I should say. Sure. Um, I would say when you start accumulate, accumulating assets. Right. Pay attention to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you want to make sure things are handled um, in the way that you would want them to be handled if you're not here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And another very important document I would suggest is a power of attorney. Right. Talk about that. Power of attorney is really important um, in case, God forbid, someone develops, which we hear a lot now about cognitive impairment. Dementia? Dementia, Alzheimer's. Sure. Um, Somebody might be in a coma. Mm. And if there's no power of attorney, there may be certain financial things that need to happen with the husband and the wife, but one of them is in a coma. Mm. Both signatures are needed. There's Mm. no power of attorney. So now we're just going to sit here and hope you know, we don't know if it'll be months in that coma. We don't know how long, but yeah. things are being held up and how many things are going to now fall through the cracks that can't be addressed that are affecting the family. Right. A lot of times too, when those documents are not prepared, things will fall into the state, right? Can you talk about how people lose out on their assets because they didn't have the right documentation? So then the state takes it. What happens is if you die intestate, meaning you had no will to address your assets, okay. the state will now make a decision, but it's going to take longer mm. because nothing was clearly established because now they have to figure it out. So now it's billable hours for their legal people Ugh. and it's going to take time and it may go based on how the state has it laid out. And maybe you didn't want this sibling to get mm. any of that money, maybe Uh, You are married technically, but you're estranged and you didn't want that person to get that money. Maybe you have a child that is dealing with mental illness that can't handle that kind of money and you would have preferred a trust or somebody else to uh, be in charge of those funds. You don't have any say now because now it's just going to be up to the state and whatever uh, protocols they have in place as far as dispersing your funds. Isn't that something? Wow. Okay, so how do we get... What's the most, I guess, inexpensive way? Because when you say to me, your will, your this, it's like, oh, Lord have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> it is not a fun activity, right? But we being grown, we putting on our big girl panties and our big boy boxers, do what we have to do. But how then do we do this in the most cost-effective way? Because a lot of times it seems like these are some expensive documents. If you need to have a lawyer drop all this stuff, you know, it just with with all of the other financial things that we got going on, 
it may not seem like quite a priority right now. That's why it kind sure. of always gets pushed back and pushed back. Right. But how can we manage this in a way that's cost effective and makes it doable for us, like to sincerely check it off our to-do list and be really at peace knowing that our business is handled? Well, um, for some people, um, they might be able to look into an option with through their employer that there may be some sort of a legal benefit. That would be one of the least costly ways to do it. That's good. Um, so if your employer has a legal benefit sometimes for and most of us, it would be a simple will in most cases. Most of, most of us don't have very complicated things that have to be addressed, right? Yeah. So a lot of times they're using a basic template, but it's important because it's being handled by an officer of the court. Mm -hmm. And they can attest to your mental capacity at the time of doing, uh, of completing these documents, right? right. So um, you can go about it that way. Another option is to look into things, programs like Legal Shield might afford a very cost-effective basic legal documents. Sure. And some attorneys um, that work in the community might offer like a package deal to be able to do some of these documents okay. so that, you know, it can be addressed and at um, a reasonable cost than if you went uh, somewhere else to maybe a really high-priced attorney. Well, how about those documents online that are like pre-filled out for you. I don't know whether it's legal zoom or some, I don't know. I might've made that up, but you know, right. you go on the web on websites and you see that mm-hmm. you could just put your name and pre-populate some, you know what I mean? Yes. Are those credible as though, are those options? The concern there is as we spoke about the discord that can come between family members, right? right. So let's say you have, uh, you have one sibling And let's say your parents felt that you were the responsible one and they wanted to leave everything to you and, you know, whatever you choose to dole out to that sibling, but they know you're the responsible one. You've been on top of things. Maybe that other child was not living in the most productive way, let's say. Okay. You want to be cautious because when you use those programs online, it is makes it, it makes it a lot easier for someone to try to contest the will. Wow. You did this online and you went through whatever protocols, but who is going to attest to the capacity of mom and or dad when they put these documents together from something they downloaded from online? Mm -hmm. How do we know they weren't already uh, dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's or maybe some sort of impairment that um, will bring their judgment into question? Mm So that's, I mean, if that's the risk you take, whereas when you're dealing with someone who is in the legal profession, they're putting their, their reputation on the line to say that, okay, as an, as an agent of the court, I'm attesting that, you know, this person was coherent and they can testify to that fact because they were a part of it. Yeah. You take a chance when you're dealing with things just, uh, you know, from something you downloaded um, on the side. Right. That's smart. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, when it's important business such as this, some things are worth paying for, right? You don't need a Groupon for everything. Some things <laughs> you want to pay full price and get full, That's it. full value because, <laughs> you know, it's too big of a price to pay when it doesn't go well. And I mean, Absolutely. we've all seen that either within our own family or people that we know that have had all kind of breakdown as a result of losing someone in the family and how it's impacted the family. And we just think if we just would have had a will or if we just would have had an insurance policy, you know, it's it's a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas. And like I said before, you know, this is our awakening. This is the season 
of awakening, but not just being awake and looking around, but it's doing things differently. It's about taking that information and putting that into action to make the changes in our lives that are important. And we don't want to miss that. Absolutely. So Deanne, listen, girl, thank you so much for sharing this, this great information. I mean, we could talk up all day because you have, I mean, you just do so many wonderful things, um, you know, helping people with their financial, everything, their portfolio, you're just a wealth of information. Can you, first of all, can you tell people, uh, because you're like certified in so many different states, specifically here in North Carolina, where I live. So if there's people locally that want to get in contact with you, can you give them your contact information so people can, you know, be like, hey, you, I love you, man. I love your energy. You freaking rock. I heard you on the Urban Parlay podcast and they want to do some work with you personally. Can you tell them how to contact you? Absolutely. They can reach me at 914-885-9402 during business hours. Typically I'm around nine to 6 PM. Mm -hmm. And is there a website that they can get more information about the KPL financial group? Absolutely. That website is www.kplfg.com. Awesome sauce. Uh, Do you have any last minute? Is there something that I didn't ask you that people really, really need to know that you you want to kind of leave us with in terms of our closing words? One of the reasons I I was excited to do this uh, program this evening, Sandra, is I just really see how much we go through difficulty because we are just not prepared for some of the inevitable things in life. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, what we talked about this evening is not a a pleasant subject. It's nothing anyone is excited to talk about, but I have seen families and other demographics use life insurance to create generational wealth. Yeah, that part. Right? Right. And I really, really want us to be in a position that even if we're not creating generational wealth, if we could at least not set our families back Mm. by leaving them with debt when that time comes. So it was really important to me because I just really want us to be in a better situation and to not have to have to be in such a challenging circumstance. Yeah, because that is within our control. And I love that you said that because one of the things that's peace of mind is knowing that not only um, am I able to make sure that God forbid something happened to me, they would not be you know, having to have the stress of trying to figure out how to bury me and give me the very elaborate and amazing funeral that I deserve. (laughs) Uh, But not only that, mama's going to leave you something because as we see in other cultures, right, they are intentional about leaving that generational wealth and setting their children up for financial success so that, you know, they can build their businesses and they leave an inheritance to their children's children. Yes. And as people of the African diaspora, we got to get on board and start to do things differently. We have to use the tools and the resources that we have access to and find out how these products work and realize that it is affordable. There are ways that we can actually begin to do that and change the financial situation within our family, Absolutely. Break those generational curses of poverty 
and change the game and leave something for your children, but not only that, to teach them how to do money differently. So that's why this is so very, very important. And the work you do every single day, helping people, you know, um, learn about all of the ways that they can have the life that they desire and that they deserve and how to manage their finances in a way that allows us to win. That is so very important. So thank you for all that you do every single day, helping people all over. We appreciate you, sis. Keep it going. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I love you. And for all of you listening, thank you, sis. I love you guys too. And I really hope that you got some great information or reminders, even if you're like, yeah, I do need to take care of that uh, living will and do that healthcare proxy and all that good stuff. I hope this serves as a reminder for you. Get her done. Okay. Seriously. I'm going to handle my business too. Cause not for nothing. There's a couple of things on this list. I, I'm getting to it. You know what I'm saying? After we hang up, <laughs> Deanne going to get me straight. <laughs> You know, but let's all hold each other accountable and make sure that we are being responsible for um, taking care of our families and taking care of ourselves. So until next time, my darlings, I look forward to being with you again. I glad that you thought it not robbery to spend this time with us. But until then, I bid you adieu and I wish you peace and blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay Podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe right here on the Urban Parlay.